This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. The One Tough Mother Podcast. The One Tough Mother Show is real talk with special guests, including industry leaders, celebrities, and amazing women who've overcome adversities to work their way to the top and are willing to share their real life lessons. Remember, you don't have to be a mother to be one tough mother. It's all about you. And welcome to the One Tough Mother Show. We're really, really excited today about the guest we have on. Dr. Robbie Ludwig is a regular on CNN, Headline News, the news, the Fox News Channel, uh, where she talks about psychological and lifestyle issues as well as the criminal mind. She's an awesome guest. You don't want to miss it. You're going to love everything she has to say, and she's addressing the things that are happening now more often than ever. I mean, every time I turn on the television or the radio, you hear it on our show today. But before we get to the her, let's find out. We're going to hit Seth first. Oh, Seth, no. what'd you do this late, <laughs> this on, past week? And you know what you did. I know what I did? Yeah. Oh, oh we moved. Yeah. <laughs> wow, the whole place. Uh, yeah, I'm tired. I moved everything myself and to save money for the company. Uh, I want to say <laughs> that's not I even close that. to true. Not yeah. true. No. I would believe it. So explain to what happened. So CNB, or CBS. Uh, Intercom uh, merged with CBS Radio, and now we, we were moving anyway, actually, before the merger. Now okay. we're downtown where all the radio stations are. For the people who live in New York, that's WFAN, that's CBS 101.1, 92.3. So there's a bunch of stations uh, owned by CBS Radio, now Intercom down right. here. So it's cool. Like We're sitting right now we're in, a, in a legit radio studio, so it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool because they're going to be building a new One Tough Mother studio. They are. Right here. Yeah, they're uh, they're actually on doing it right now. So I'm excited Can you hear it? about you hear the jackhammers. That. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we need jackhammers. <laughs> okay, so that was great. So um, everybody merged, and now we're not CBS. We're Intercom. Intercom. Same, same. Everything's the same, just it's a different name. Yeah, <laughs> I like that rhymes. Yeah, Look at you. There you go. And Lise, what'd you do? Well, before that, this is very fun for me because I actually worked here in this studio when I worked for CBS Radio. So I'm at. This used to be my stomping grounds. Full circle. Yeah. Full circle. But anyway, what I did was I had an opportunity of a lifetime. I got involved with something called the Faith Center, C-E-N-T-R-E dot org. And I sang um, for a woman, Joy Tiffany, who was burned over 60% of her body by Greece. Her boyfriend threw it on her. So she's a, she is a the domestic violence survivor. And I sang Hero to her right on stage. It was a phenomenal Phenomenal yeah. performance. Karen got there. Poor Gailey couldn't make it, but I missed you. I but know, it was the most emotional 
because I'm thinking what I lived through and I'm going through all this and I'm singing to her. But it was just, and, and Karen, I love you because Karen taped it. It and was she awesome. got a really good tape of it on yeah. her phone yeah, for me. I want to see it. Yeah, my phone is awesome yeah. as far as taping things. You know, and as a producer, you know, I picked it apart for like 25 minutes before I even gave it to Lisa because I'm like, yeah. oh, the lighting was bad. The my mic stand was orange. in your face. <laughs> like, your hair looked orange. But um, actually, her performance was flawless. Aww. But the band was too loud. They should have had more of Lisa's slow. voice. They were a little slow. I was like, yeah, I was well, my hand going right. like this. In the I'm background. sure it was fantastic. I can't wait to see it. I it's can't, beautiful. I was, I'm sorry. I was, I was with you I in know. spirit. I, I'm yeah, sorry. I know you were, sweetie. I, know. I, know. I love you. And Gailey Poo, what's going on with you? Oh, I was also moving. Seth and I sort of were in the same building, so it was really great just to be able to go in the elevator next door and pop into the Tough Mother Studios to do. Um, our lovely podcast every week. You're still close by. Uh, but now I'm still, yeah, it worked out that we're still. Yeah. We got lucky with that we one. We got lucky with that one. Um, actually, I want to take my time um, to talk about something other than what I did. I want to take my time to talk about what I'm feeling right now. Right now, there's so much negativity being thrown at men. And while there are a lot of bad guys out there doing a lot of messed up stuff, I want us all to remember all the really amazing men who are out here Bravo. who would yes. never Absolutely. disrespect us, who are there to have our backs, like we're sitting with one right now. Yeah, like Seth. Yep. Thank you. you know, Brother Seth. So I think while I want us to be mindful of what we are doing and what and be conscious of the fact that there are lovely, amazing, powerful men who are not intimidated by women and would never, ever step over the line. And there are more of them than they are the ones that are doing all of this messed up shit. So pay attention, women. Mm-hmm. Rem- don't get into that old mentality of men are ha- the ha- man passion hating men. We need our brothers as much as we need our sisters. So be clear on that and let's move forward. Absolutely, Gail. Well oh, said. When awesome, Gail. But when you see it, call it out. Right. <laughs> call it out. That's what I got And say. that brings us to, to Dr. Uh, Ludwig's interview. Like, I wanted to know personally because I felt like I've had two people say to me, well, you're victim blaming. But I said, where's the line when you're casually, you know, flirting at work and it gets a little more intense and a little more intense? Do you have to call? Where's the line? Where where do you stop saying, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. You have to be verbal. You have to stand up for yourself. You have to That's stand right. up in the face of what's going on and say, OK, wait, I may have given the wrong impression. This is not where it's going to be. That's right. right. So I asked her to be a guest on our show to address that particularly because a lot of people are saying, well, where is the line? Where is the line? And we need to know that. We need to know that the line is in your gut. Mm -hmm. When it feels creepy, when it feels wrong, and you will know. Mm -hmm. If you're uncomfortable... That's a problem. That's it. That's There's it. the line Absolutely. right there, dude. Yep. When it doesn't you, have to be that yep. deep. Nope. Just, you know, no. Nope. When your anything. gut goes off, your gut's so yeah. right. It can be a touch of the hand. It could be a comment that someone makes. Or it could be simply you reading something completely wrong. So keep that all in mind and listen to her interview because she really, really, really brings a lot to light. Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, we're here. And Lisa, where can they find us? They can find us at OneToughMother.com. First of all, then they can find us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, podsearch.com. We love, love, love podsearch.com. Everybody go there. Mm-hmm. We've got some really great clips up there for you. Excellent stuff. So today we have the, the greatest guest ever. I mean, she's we've been friends on the Internet for a little while, and, and she's wonderful. And I've read a lot of things that she's done. And I'm extremely excited to have Dr. 
Robbie Ludwig on our show. Like I said, she's a regular on CNN, Headline News, the Fox News Channel, where she talks about psychology and lifestyle issues in the criminal mind. She appears on national shows such as ET, Today, 2020, ABC News, The uh, View, Fox and Friends. She's been even on Steve Harvey and Wendy Williams, just to name a few. She helps audience and guests alike understand the complexity of the human condition. In her private practice, which she also does, like this woman's incredible. She does so many things. In her private practice, she treats all forms of mental illness, substance abuse, grieving, sexual identity issues, as well as the more common social and parenting issues that we all seem to have with the world going on. So it's with great pleasure. And I'm so thrilled to have her here and take the time out of her day to be on the One Tough Mother Show. We welcome Dr. Robbie Ludwig. Awesome. Thank you, Dr. Ludwig, for being here and being a guest on the One Tough Mother Show. We are so excited to have you. I am thrilled to be here. Thank you for finding me. Oh, my gosh. It was it was awesome when I read about you and, I, and all the things you've done. Oh, wow. You're really quite the bomb. I, I don't want you getting into my head. Don't watch what you say, guys. Okay. She's got it together. <laughs> I want to clear up a um, I want to clear up a misconception. There is this misconception when you are around a therapist that you're see through. That they could just see right through you. That is so not the case. It oh really my gosh, isn't. That's a great point. You know, therapy, you really have to have someone come into the office, say whatever comes to mind over a period of time, mm-hmm. and then their psyche begins to make sense to you. Mm-hmm. And certainly mm-hmm. if you're trained, it makes sense quicker right. and you figure out how to make those interventions. But it's not like somebody walks by and I'm like, ooh, they're thinking about what they <laughs> want for lunch today. <laughs> You know, that's not the way it works. We knew what was going on in my head. That's a great (laughs) point. So, but, Robbie, you are an expert on human behavior. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to address this very serious and now constant stream of news. It's flooding the airways pertaining to nothing more than sexual harassment and abuse in the workplace. But before I do, let the listeners know exactly what your background is. And okay. Well, I often tell people that I have three jobs. So I work as a therapist. I actually have a private practice where I see patients, and I work with adults, individuals, and couples. I'm a writer, so I have a couple of books out there, and um, I'm on the medical advisory board for Bella Magazine, where I also write articles for their health column. And I do psychological commentary on national television and have my own talk show via Facebook Live at Starshop Studio, where I interview interesting gals like yourself and just people who are really making a difference in the world. And I want to share their story so that we're sharing some light in the world. Wow. You're busy, but your professional awesome. title is? Well, I, I have multiple titles. So my patients call me Dr. Robbie, and I certainly am a psychological commentator and host and, and spokesperson and author. So I'm several things. But a lot of people who are in the media often are very similar in that regard, especially if they're professionals. They usually have a professional office where they're doing what they're trained to do, and then the television as well, and then writing on the side. So they really all work very well together. Oh, that's really interesting. Wow. So, okay, so I have to give you this scenario because this has become all too familiar, and it's it, you've got to help us navigate this. In fact, you've got to help our listeners navigate this scenario. So um, say you get your dream job, right? This is the job that you have worked so hard for academically as well as personally. I mean, you put it on the line for this job. You're flying high, and you don't want anything to mess it up 
things start to happen. Your supervisor starts to make you feel slightly uncomfortable. Now, keep in mind, it starts out innocent at first, you know, kind of casual, fun, you know, everybody's laughing, a comment here, a comment there, praise on your work, compliments on the way you're dressed, you know, a little bit of innocent flirting. So you play along, right? Everybody does. It's happened to every one of us in, in the workplace at some point. However, as time goes on, his comments become more vulgar, more heated, mm-hmm. and a bit, he gets a bit too close. And you feel like he's closing in on you. What do you do now? I think it depends on the woman, first of all. And it's perfectly okay to say, you know, I'm feeling really uncomfortable right now. What you want to do, if at all possible, is to not humiliate the person who is sexually harassing you. Because they already have a fragile ego. So you want to minimize the aggression. Mm -hmm. This is not protecting them. This is protecting yourself. Mm -hmm from retaliation escalation and escalation and backlash okay so you can say you know i'm feeling really uncomfortable and if i gave you the wrong impression i'm i'm so sorry right and see if that works then you can always handle it with a sense of humor you know like i'm not all that or your taste must be off today or something that you can laugh about because laughter and joking can be a great coping style. Right. And it can also send a very powerful message in a way that's not too devaluing. Again, protecting the person so that you protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. You can up it one level if you feel that doesn't work. So I recommend start mild because maybe the most mild intervention works. Right. If yeah. that doesn't work, you can take it up a notch. Now, we live in a world where everybody has their phone, right? So you can say, do you think you'd feel comfortable if so-and-so heard what you said to me? Excellent point. Right? So you raise the appropriate fear level and paranoia of, oh, maybe this conversation is being taped. Right. Because that ups it to another level more than he said, she said which is why I think we are seeing a change in the cultural dynamic. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's going on right now. That's a right. Really, and that's, really that's a great one because um, I always had this steadfast rule and I, I've actually raised my daughters and my, and my sons and um, my granddaughters. I've told them this and my grandsons. If you think something is creepy in your, in your stomach, in your gut, if you think something's wrong or you feel creepy about something, it is. Okay, just no other question about it. It is. But in the workplace, it's a little more difficult because now Mm. say your coworkers have seen you play along a little bit of innocent flirting and you're suddenly saying and you've said these things, you know, on the side to him. So not to embarrass him in front of everyone. He doesn't stop and you suddenly are labeled the whistleblower. Or the wacko, or the person who, well, you let them on. Mm-hmm. What do we do now? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be done publicly. I know people who have handled sexual harassment in a very private way because they don't want it getting out there that they are a troublemaker, right. or they right. are paranoid, or they contributed or blamed. Yep. We're very used to blaming the victim. Mm -hmm. We blame women for a lot because we expect so much from them. And women blame themselves. Right. Very often. So here's my feeling about it. 
I hope flirting never stops right. in the workplace. My God, if we don't have flirting, that's an energy that should exist. But there's a difference between healthy flirting and appreciation of another person's sexuality and crossing a line that should not be crossed. Right, right. Yeah. right. So if you want to handle it privately, document where you can. We now have texts. We now have email. Try to get documentation. Mm -hmm. Go to the Human Resources Department. I know you're shaking your head. You know, simply because the Human Resources Department for the most part in large corporations is set up specifically to protect the company. She's right. Not the employees. I understand. Right. That's just, you know what I mean? So then, then here's my recommendation. And I've heard this a lot. Yeah. I've I heard know. this a lot. Gretchen Carlson talks about this in her book because she had a similar situation, right? Where, or was it, what if it's a family owned company? Maybe you kind of just put in, I'm feeling uncomfortable. Here's what I got. Right. I just want to submit it as documentation. And then you contact an independent employment attorney and Great say, idea. how do I handle this? Right. Mm -hmm. right. And let him, let that expert be the guide. Right. Then right. We, yes. That's because that person's really there for you. And maybe you have an independent arbiter, right? Who advises you. And then the other thing is... A job is not a life sentence. Right. If you're really uncomfortable, and there are a variety of reasons that we can be uncomfortable in the workplace, you can look for another job. Yeah. That's right. always an option. And if you're meant to rise to the top, you will. Right. And you know, the funny thing is, too, what about women in the workplace trying to... Oh, stop. He's mm -hmm. fine. Just, you know, women have that way of goading other women into doing stuff, especially younger women. Younger women feel the pressure of older colleagues if they, oh, stop. He's fine. He does that to everybody. Just forget it. How, what do you say to your friends? What do you say to your colleagues that are women when they say that kind of thing? How do you handle that situation? I, I think you have to follow your own gut and comfort level because right. what works for them Right. may not work for you. Right. And if for that other person, they can handle it, they experience it differently. You know, I tell people this all the time because as a therapist, we really have appropriate boundaries in place when it comes to our ethical guidelines. We don't touch patients. We don't hug patients. We don't give them a kiss on the cheek. Um, we don't ask for things outside the office right? Um, there's that healthy boundary. We don't even talk about our own personal lives unless we know them for like over mm -hmm. 10 yeah. years. Right. And we know yep. that what we say will have a positive impact versus negative. And you can't know that when you don't know somebody, right. you don't know their history. Right. You don't know if they're incest survivors. You don't know if they've been rape victims. You don't know what their personal story is, which guides and contributes to how they view the world and other people. Right. Mm -hmm. So as therapists, we say less is more. Do less because you don't know if any action could be experienced as threatening. Right. Right. And so you want to stay on the safe side. Now, most people are not trained as therapists and analysts, but it's kind of a brilliant way to approach a work situation, right? Right, right. And yeah. do you see... I'm Can sorry. I just say something really quick? It just bothers me that it's always the woman who has to, oh, you must be blind today, oh, this and that. It, that just annoys me. I don't think that's going on today. I think there's a new movement, a new cultural movement 
that's saying this is not okay. We are not going to allow this anymore. We know we have a cultural tide that is supporting us right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, if anything, I think there's an overcorrection right I now. I was just well, where, yeah. But, but in the beginning, right. when we were talking about it, that was like a mild way to get around it. But it well, is. But, I, but it's still it's still a mild way to get around it, though. Not for me. No, no, no. What she's saying is, what she was saying, the suggestion is that you address it yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have to have a confrontation that's ugly and you can diffuse the situation in in a simple way because let it go right let it go because sometimes you don't need to get in a cat fight with everybody sometimes it's just about saying you know what Mm, not okay right and some and some for one person that's going to be okay before you need to escalate and he's not going to do it again and i think it's more empowering to do it that way not saying oh uh, uh," you're just saying no not okay i would just strike right back (laughs) as you all know everybody has their own way everybody has their own way and that could be exactly right for you your personality in the situation so there's no one right Mm -hmm. you have to know who you are and honor what works for you right yeah you're right Right. you're right but here's the interesting thing so um in a lot of cases uh the sexual harasser will go after somebody who's vulnerable exactly Mm -hmm. my next question is there a personality trait to these sexual harassers that you see common well there's there's a um they will go after who they feel is vulnerable, right? Who is desperate, maybe to get ahead? Mm-hmm. Someone who is perhaps powerless. And I think what is common here is there's a sense of power being used in a sexualized way uh, and a lack of empathy in terms of seeing the other woman or man, as a three-dimensional person. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so what I have raised as just a theory to think about is does the porn culture contribute to this? Not cause, not cause, but in certain personalities who are vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Because when you think about it, porn is all about a masturbatory pleasure, mm-hmm. right? right? The women or men or whatever you're looking at are one-dimensional objects just there to get you off. Right. 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 That's fine if you can keep it to porn, right? right? Mm-hmm. But for some people, I think it overstimulates their fantasy life. They have an impulse control issue. They act it out with the women or men that they see. And they become almost like virtual reality porn people. Mm-hmm. Right. With no empathy. They're not real people. They're just there to get off on. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're living out a fantasy. Right. Mm-hmm. And this leads me to, into, into actually our children and the Internet. Like, do you see the the... Do you see a pattern emerging or do you see that in in the future children will have a difficult time, not just in sexual harassment, not just in a a sexual abuse, but in any in harassment and abuse itself? Because the Internet, they they kill people on games. Mm -hmm. They they you know, there's I I was shocked that one of the games that um, I saw some kids playing, they had a hooker in the game. It was a I can't think of the name of it. Really? Yeah, it was a. Some chase game on a car. 
a car game. But yeah, it's just like, do you see that becoming a problem in the future? Well, there have been a lot of studies about that, right? In terms of does video games, excessive watching violent video games contribute to violent behavior? I think with the disturbed child, it might. And for the healthier child, no. Right? Right? They're able to put it in its proper place. One of the things that I do notice, though, uh, that may be an issue is in terms of cyberbullying. And it becomes easier to not think of the other person that you're not seeing or that you're not face to face with Mm -hmm. as not being a real person. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it becomes easier to be aggressive to somebody who's less real to you. Right. Right. And so that I see as being a potential problem in this social media world. And that's why the suicides are up. Right. And that concerns me that, you know, we are aggressive human beings that is part of all of our makeup we need that for survival right right Right. and then taken to an extreme it can be very destructive and so kids are not necessarily as socialized and we see it even with adults because it's a lot easier to attack somebody else than it is to attack ourselves when we are in the process of attacking somebody else we are making ourselves superior right right and so i see that being a troublesome cycle that we need to address somehow. I I think you're right because mm-hmm. cyberbullying is so so immense, yeah. and whether it's bullying or sexual harassment, it's all about being more powerful over another human being. And you, when it is across the airwaves or across the internet or whatever it may be, you're you're only seeing a one dimensional person. You're not seeing. You're no. not in their life. Right. You're not seeing them live, right. breathe, eat, and act. So it becomes it, it becomes such a fine line. Even for somebody who's an adult, like in the media, you're going to get attacked, right? So I've certainly had my moments of, of being attacked. Right. You know, something simple like, you know, my necklace looks like a Christmas tree, which is a little funny. But at the time, right. I was right. like, wow, I, I really thought this was very pretty. But actually, now that I give it some thought, they may have been right. But not the point. But I've had, you know waves where things were misunderstood right and to be in that moment without having support systems i think can be hard for anyone anyone. absolutely um you know what though too i mean when we were growing up if you got into a fight you were in a fist fight face to face with that person like you're in the schoolyard you know you're in the schoolyard now you people hide behind text they hide behind emails and they hide behind the videos that they put online for cyberbullying. i mean it's it just it's a whole. And it really yeah, it, it, it isn't just and it, and it isn't just for children. And a lot of, I see a lot of Adults people who well, who, yeah. who really honestly believe that they're having relationships with people yeah. and friendships with people because they know you on Facebook exactly yeah. or on Absolutely. Instagram. You know, it's really this. It's this desensitizing and separation is what it feels like to me. Too. Well, I think boundaries can get confused, right? Yeah. So you can feel like you know somebody, but I think in terms of the cyberbullying, what's so dangerous compared to bullying when we grew up is that now it's 24-7. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the, the humiliation is worldwide, yes. right? right? Yep. So right. something is on the web, it doesn't go away. Right. It could be searched at any time. And think about when you're a young, developing brain, and your sense of being hopeful and understanding that there's light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. may not be there. or You don't have a supportive adult to speak to. Right. So, I mean, that's one of the things I always try to impress upon my kids, that they can always talk to me and that I'm there for them. And fortunately, I think they're good people. I can't see them doing that. They're not perfect people. Right, but, right, you right. know, I can't see them doing that because... 
they do have empathy right. that we try to work with and we talk about these stories at home. So I would recommend for parents who just want to make their kids more empathic, talk about these stories. Um, help them understand how the other person feels so that they're developing that as a muscle right? Yeah. and, and a frame real, of reference. That's yeah. a And for the young point. girls that are stuck in, or not stuck, but have found themselves in the sexual harassment or sexual abuse or any kind of workplace harassment, they have to stand up for themselves. It's funny. I had a conversation with my dentist about it, and I'm like, I don't get it. Like, why would you think that this is your dues to have this job and this is what you have to do? Why? He goes, because you're a strong personality and you don't mind standing up for yourself. He goes, there are people that just cannot. Right. And listen, you know, I think that's what we impress upon everybody. Find your strategy of coping. And right. maybe it is making a joke out of it and that's enough. And that sends the message of this is not the person who's going to be vulnerable right. to me. And also understand that sexual harassment can come out of something that is initially consensual. Yes. That's very true. Yes. true. So when you have a relationship at work, and I know a lot of people do, and I certainly have, um, you know, I met my husband that way, but know that if it turns bad, you know, you have a, you have a backup plan. Mm -hmm. Or if you're a guy who's interested in a woman, it's a one and done. If you ask somebody out and they don't seem interested, back off and mm -hmm. leave it alone. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. That's a great point because it is a one and done. If they're interested, they're going to come after it. If mm -hmm. not, they're they're going to be out of it. Well, thank you, Dr. Robbie. You've been fabulous. I, I'm, I'm super excited that you're on our show. You're just a, a wealth of knowledge. And did you get anything weird about me? No, no. just kidding. No, uh, no. What about me and Gail? No, you guys seem How do we fabulous. Look? Yeah, Very well-centered personality. <laughs> Can we each say something? Or, or are we out of time? No, go ahead. What do you want to say? I just have to tell you something really funny, how I handled something years ago. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> it's really funny. I was in my 20s. Major Fortune 100 company, and my boss used to always talk to my boobs, which were not big. But he would always, and he would comment on them. So one day in a sales meeting, I literally dropped to my knees and answered his question, addressing his crotch. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and it was what I did. He never bothered me but again. See, that's a wonderful coping strategy. <laughs> I and, did that. and I think it's important for everybody to know coping is not always a serious conversation. It's not. Right. Sometimes it's a light conversation or handling it in a creative I way. I thought right. it'd be funny. <laughs> but before that's we so go, I have to say that because this. This just happened. Um, my kids asked me recently. My kids are all adults. And, and they said, Mom, what was the best year of your life? And I said, now. And you actually wrote a book. And tell us a little bit about your book because I'm super excited to read it. I wrote the book, Your Best Age is Now, really fascinated by the idea of midlife. And being in a media business, I was doing an interview and somebody asked me my age and it was like there was dead silence. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, I, I was like, wow. And at the same time, I was noticing patients in my office reaching midlife that were having the time of their lives. Felt more confident than ever before. They look great. They were finding the loves of their lives. They were having great job moments. And it was not matching 
the cultural idea out there about midlife that it's connected to losing it and loss and not being relevant and being just not noticed in society. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to do some research and I noticed the books out there were all really depressing. Some of them were funny, but it was depressing based on that old cultural idea. You're washed up type of thing. Which is you should have an internalized expiration date. And so I started to look at the latest science in journals and found something really different. That the science was saying something very different than was out there, that we're not losing it. We continue to create brain cells. There's something called epigenetics where we influence our genes and how youthful and healthy we are. And there are lifestyle choices that we make. And psychologically, we become, we continue to grow in terms of our personalities. In fact, because of changes that go on in the brain, we see things as half full versus half empty. So in many ways, our wisdom, we we get better and we're looking younger, longer because of all the science out there. And the other game changer is women can have children almost at any point in their lives. So it's not like, it's like men. You know, men can have children at any point in their lives. And now women, because of the scientific advancements going on out there, is a game changer. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Someone my age can be getting married for the first time with no children or be a grandmother and a widow. Right. Right. So there were just so many different variables out there. It's not like when Gail Sheehy wrote Passages where she experienced her midlife crisis at the age of 35 in the 70s. Which is uh-huh. when you think about it, thirty-five is when people are just coming into their zone. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was right. Forgetting every twenty minutes till I was thirty-five. Right. What? Every <laughs> twenty minutes there was somebody backing over me and coming back. It, it's, so, and if you if you interview women at midlife, they'll say, "God, I feel comfortable in my own skin. I finally feel." good about myself. I I think we put different expectations on ourselves. We don't expect ourselves to be perfect. We've forgiven ourselves, hopefully, for the regrets and mistakes that we've made in the past. And we're in touch with our purpose, right? right? And -hmm. and we have this um, vast creative ability that's available to us in this new way. So I wanted to provide a way for women to not give up on themselves, to know that the science backs them in terms of, and men too, in terms of them having a whole life of opportunities and to provide mentors out there in different areas, health mentors, spirituality mentors, work mentors, who could guide them if they were struggling in a particular area of their lives. That is, you know, I interviewed a 102-year-old woman a couple days or a couple weeks ago. And it was so amazing, too, because she's 102. You got to figure this woman is incredible. She's sharp. She's bright. Everything about. And she said to me, one of the most important things that I've done in my lifetime to stay as bright as I am is I make myself learn something new every day. Mm-hmm. I make my she does webinars now. She said every day I make myself do. I, I learn something new. She said by learning something new, she goes, I'm not as quick as I used to be learning it, but once I learn it, she said, I'm so proud of myself. It makes me look forward to the next day to learn something else. And so mm-hmm. it's use it or lose it Yeah, for That's all of our true. muscles. Yes. Yep, exactly. That's and true. so God bless her and her instincts are right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, we have to also change society and not put people out to pastor and say there's nothing for you after whatever date it is. Right. Because we're losing out as a society Right? Yeah. From people who have lived their lives, have wisdom, maybe have a second career, whatever the case may be. We want our society to benefit 
from people's experience. Thank you for yes. saying that. Yeah. Thank you yes. so much for saying that. All, yeah, and all of us are in the same age range. Yep, and we, we are. You know, I gave up my company to start One Tough Mother. Lisa followed suit and gave up her company. Gail's jumped on board. She's twisted her life around to be One Tough Mother. Yeah, so really. we have all, we all came about to to try something different and new. And believe me, this is the, the sneers and are you kidding? And how are you going to make money doing that? And what's wrong with you? It, it got really bad. And so you can't let other people's judgments stop you. That's really more of a reflection of themselves. Right. That's yeah. right. And what yeah. they make possible for themselves. Right. And we need everybody to succeed in what they're doing at various points in their lives because they're role models. You guys are role models then for the next generation who says, well, I can do it because look at these women. I I have so many people that say, I had this one, I interviewed this one comedian on my show and she said she was Googling comedians who started later in life because she wanted that inspiration. I mean, Phyllis Diller started later in life. She wouldn't have been the same amazing comedian if she wasn't this married mother of five. Loved her. Loved her. Right. And so I think it's a shift in mindset Mm -hmm. that we all need to uh, kind of plug into this over idealization of youth. We need to change. Youth is great. But it's only one great stage. If we make it the only great stage, then we create women competing with each other instead of mentoring one another. And we don't want to be there. Right. Oh, gosh. Nothing this is a great show. Good. I feel like I should lay on a couch and pay her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How much? Yes. I have like an appointment. You know, I'm going to have to lay down. I'll take money. And before I'll we take go, money. Well, of course. But Seth, yeah, but before have. we go, I've got to ask you. You must have a question. I mean, come on. He's been very, yeah. been very quiet. You've been, yeah. you've been too quiet. Talking. Yeah. I'm too quiet. Yeah. Well, Are you I'm eating? Just, is that why? What's going on over there? I'm sorry. I'm this sorry. is probably I'm why. Listening. I'm trying to learn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, any, I any silence questions? men. And no. I, and I, and I've, I've talked to Dr. Robbie a couple times already. I've oh. learned before. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Well, again, Dr. Robbie, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. And where thank can they you. find you? Uh, people can find me at drrobbyludwig.com, at drrobbyludwig. Uh, you can Google me. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter and Facebook. And you can look at Talking live as well to find my show and hopefully we'll stay in touch and absolutely absolutely. and your book again and my book is your best ages now and it's at amazon and and barnes and noble and basically everywhere books are sold and it's on kindle a lot of people do get it that way and um is it on audible too it is on Audible. I, I taped it on Audible. <laughs> and please, if you read the book, send me feedback. Oh, I'm because definitely. Because I'm getting oh, ready yeah. for my third it. book. So I want to hear from you guys. No, this oh, is fantastic. I keep you. talking about women, mentoring women, and, and being there for each other to pay it forward and pass it back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm so grateful to the women who did that for me and continue to do that for me. And I just want to also say what I talk about in my book is have younger mentors. Right. To stay yes. current. Yes. Right. You know, yes. and in some ways, you know, my daughter keeps me current. She's a teenager. Absolutely. And I talk about getting in touch with your teen energy where our creative, changeable self kind of exists, where you say yes to life. So there are younger people out there who can also really help us understand the world from their perspective. And we want to also not stay stuck in our own kind of mm-hmm. cultural kind of limitations. We want to kind of open up how different generations see the world so that we can expand how we view and see our opportunities as well. 
Well, we adore you. Yes. Thank you You're again. Awesome. And you'll come back, right? I'll come back. Yep. You Yay. bring your third book. Okay. You'll come back. Well, thank you, Dr. Ludwig. And again, make sure you get her book, which is Your Best Age Is Now. And we'll be back. The One Tough Mother Podcast. Real talk with amazing women who have worked their way to the top and want to share their real life lessons with you. And we're back. And Lisa's got headlines and headaches. Brought to you by... First, we got a sponsor. Sponsor. Storyblocks.com. So, guys, when you're doing your websites and your media posts and all that stuff, you know how important the images and the video quality Mm. are? Well, Storyblocks.com has the best of all of that. They have over 400,000 images, 150,000 videos, and 100,000 audio clips. But guess what? That's not all. It's all content royalty-free. You can download as much as you want for your businesses and personal projects. And they have a special offer just for December. You all know how much this stuff costs, right? Yeah. So oh, yeah. About it's to tell crazy. You. So, okay, yeah. everybody, take a deep breath because what I'm about to tell you is nuts. For just $149, you will get one year of unlimited access to either images, video, or audio. This month, you get the triple bundle. Access to everything. That's just... Everything. You can't buy one picture for $149, let alone access for a whole year of unlimited downloads. Now, the only way to get that is go to storyblocks.com forward slash OTM. Forward slash OTM. You must put that in, audience. I know Gail's been there. Yes. I've gone there several times. It's great. Absolutely. Karen's got tons of photographer friends she's turned on. Yes. It's really awesome. Again, everybody, to get the triple bundle offer, go to storyblocks.com forward slash OTM. Forward slash OTM. And you got to do it now because it's only December, right? Yeah. Today's what? I don't even know what the date is, but you know, December has 31 days in it. Yes, it yes, does. Yes. So, so yeah, like halfway two and a half weeks. Gotta, gotta, yeah. Yeah. So All go right. to storyblocks.com because it's an amazing site. Amazing. Love it. Okay. So for the headlines and headaches, I found a couple of stories that I think are very, very prevalent for what we will be, uh, for what we just heard from Dr. Robbie. Uh, but first, just something really quick. Uh, Gail. Yes. You have that trademark saying. It's I'd, not I'd like you to my say, trademark. Come on. You say it all the time. Just read that. <laughs> Robin Roberts to Amarosa. Bye, Felicia. Okay. <laughs> That's Gail. We love Gail. Always says it. That's Gail. Well, she took it from a movie. But I hey. did. But on page six, and you can go to page six to get the whole story, but a ton of debate on the departure of Amarosa Manigault Newman. Talking to Michael Strahan on Good Morning America, she said, when I have the chance to tell my story, Michael, I have quite a story to tell. As the only African-American woman in this White House, as a senior staff and assistant to the president, I have seen things that made me feel uncomfortable, that have upset me, that have affected me deeply and emotionally. And I will tell my story. And when I do, it's a profound one that the world will want to hear. Now, oh, please. I don't know about anybody else you know here. What? We try not to judge, but Robin Roberts said it. That's what she said. She said she has a story to tell, and I'm sure she's selling that story. Exactly. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Bye Felicia. Felicia. Okay, so. Here's what I think is very, very important going on right now. Former Facebook exec criticized the social network for destroying how society works. Our brains are being fried. You can go to The Verge and CNBC for more information on this. So Sean Parker was the first, and now another former exec at Facebook claims that they are presenting a threat to its users and society. Chamath Polly Patia, 
who was the VP for user growth, described feeling tremendous guilt for his legacy at the company during a talk at Stanford Graduate School of Business. He quotes, Mm. the short-term dopamine-driven feedback loops we've created are destroying how society works. Polly Mattia commented, identifying the problem is online interactions being fueled by shallow instant gratifications. No civil disclosure and no cooperation, misinformation and mistruth. And he said it's not an American problem. This is not about Russian ads. This is a global problem. He noted that he also has minimized his use of Facebook and his children, as he quotes, aren't allowed to use that shit. Now, check this out. He referenced an incident in India where false reports spread over WhatsApp, and WhatsApp is also owned by Facebook. Yes. Yeah. 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 Led to the lynching death of seven people. That's what we're dealing with, he said. And imagine taking that to the extreme where bad actors can now manipulate large swaths of people to do anything you want. It's just really, really a bad state of affairs. And Lisa and I comment about it all the time because Facebook, she'll say, I I say a post is something, she'll go, I never saw it. Now, Gail, I haven't seen Gail's ISIS uses it to to recruit. Of course they do. Now, I want to just reintroduce because this is, you can see this video on um, Chamath Palimatea on um, The Verge. It's right there. But Sean Parker, uh, you know, in an interview on Axios on November 9th, mm-hmm. a couple of quotes. The thought process that went into building these applications, Facebook being the first of them, was all about how do we consume as much of your time and Absolutely. conscious attention as possible. Absolutely. And that means that we give you a little dopamine hit every once in a while, and that's going to get you to contribute more content and get you to get what's going on, more likes, blah, blah, blah. It's social validation feedback loop, exactly the kind of thing that a hacker like myself would come up with because you're exploiting a vulnerability in human psychology. Mm -hmm. And then it kills me. Here we go. The inventors and creators. It's me. And I'm quoting Sean Parker. It's me. It's Mark Zuckerberg. It's Kevin Systrom on Instagram. It's all these people. We understood this consciously and we did it anyway. Absolutely. I mean, really, if you if you think about it, what we're talking about, that dopamine shot, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the addictive part of your personality. True. So right. people would literally have to go through withdrawal, getting off Facebook and all of Pay attention, people. You're it hooked. was 196 times. The, the It was. People looked at their phones on an average of 196 yes. times a day. It is yes. now up to 242. Yes. It's pathetic. It's, it's crazy. unreal. I'm going to count tomorrow. Count. Well, I, I think yeah. that really. But yeah. I just want to say, Sean was quoted. Uh, he, that was direct satellite from his yacht when he was quoted. As Probably because yes. he made yeah. a fortune. But yeah, you know, and, just, and, and the fact of the matter is, guilty now. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, he. Of course, he feels guilty now because now a lot of things are happening. Look at we just talked to Dr. Ludwig about bullying. Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean, Facebook is nothing but at some point people. I've had people drop me during the last election, like they unfriended me because they said, "Well, if you don't sit on this side of the." But we're dropping you. Exactly. Uh, that's why I don't, even, I don't even bother with the politics Right, me either. Ever again. Ever again. Okay, so um, going right in, in line with what we talked about uh, today, what to say when someone tells you they've been sexually assaulted or harassed? This is kind of simple stuff. Right. Dr. Robbie said a lot of it, but um, I think it's worth reiterating to you know the everyday people that experience this all the time. So what do you say? Do you say, really? Oh, I'm so sorry. I can't believe it. No. Here are some things that you can say and why. You tell them, I appreciate that you told me this. Let them know that there's no pressure to share more than until they're ready. You can get counseling and support whenever you're ready. That lets the person know to be patient. Everyone goes at their own speed. How about this one? I'm here to listen to you. One of the most important things to do is listen. For a survivor, talking can be hard. It's important to be as supportive and non-judgmental as possible. You're not alone in this. 
Everyone knows it exists, but when you're going through it, it makes you feel like you're the only one. And then you can say your feelings are valid. People deserve the same attention regardless of how big or how small their experience has been. We got a lot. Now, let me see. We could, how about the uh, CEOs that are now treating workers well is good for business. Absolutely. Hello. I love it. Hello. Brian Kranzich from Intel. 2015, Intel pledged $300 million, wait to hear this, to reach full representation of women and underrepresented minorities in its workforce by 2020. They also started the Warm Line, a confidential resource for dissatisfied workers that boasts a 90% save rate. I think that's great. Ian Cook from Colgate-Palmolive. This company offers nutrition guidance, on-site fitness classes, bike-to-work programs, financial seminars, and in some locations, backup child care services and flexible work hours. That's important. Isn't that amazing? Wow. I'm going to check for openings there. Yeah, yeah. me too, I think. <laughs> I think. We want to work for Spencer Raskoff at Zillow as well because Zillow spends more than $50 million a year on benefits, including a six-week paid sabbatical every six years, a breast milk shipping service for wow. new mothers. Wow. Yes, and get this. $10,000 in adoption assistance. Oh, that's, that's big. Now, Gail, help me with this because I used to work for Pepsi, but Indra, how does she pronounce her name? Indra Noy. Hi, after, Indra. Hi, Indra. After the natural disasters in Mexico, Puerto Rico, the Caribbean, and the U.S., PepsiCo pledged $6.5 million to support affected communities. It also invested $100 million to initiatives in helping women and girls around the world receive an education and be successful in the workforce. Wow, that's Can awesome. I say something about Indra? She's amazing. She... Yeah, yes. I used to work there too, and she is the real deal. Yeah. I didn't yeah. work for her; I worked there years ago. She's the real deal. I've heard. Oh, I love you, Andrew. I love you. Her. Okay, new blood pressure guidelines, and I'm saying this because I'm selfish, because I suffer, and I want everybody to know. The new guidelines, in a nutshell, state that the normal blood pressure is now 120 over 80. Whereas up until last week, the normal was 140 over 90. It's expected to triple among men under 45 and double for women. So here you go. If normal was less than 120 over 80, elevated now 120 to 129 over 80. Mm-hmm. Let me just cut to the chase. If you get to 150 over 100 or 110, contact your doctor immediately. But what about low blood pressure? Like they always ask me if I'm still alive. (laughs) Low blood pressure is also a problem. It is a problem. But, you know, I suffer from high and I burst a blood vessel in my nose. I was at 190 over 130. Okay, here we go. For the shopping bags under my eyes and all the oh, women, we are shopping, we're drinking, we're eating, we're celebrating. How to fake eight hours of sleep in 20 minutes or less. I think I need that right now. I right. know. Puffy, puffy eyes. Oh. And it adds ages to your, you know, it makes you look older. Skin Boost expert and Elmas co-founder Noella Gabriel says, an eye mask will provide an instant boost of deep hydration and have cooling and anti-inflammatory effects. Some of the top picks for eye masks are Skin Iceland, and skin is spelled S-K-Y-N. Skin Iceland Hydro Cool Firming Eye Gels. Their cooling effects go deeper than most, $30 for eight at Ulta. Estee Lauder Advanced Night Repair Recovery Mask. Tackle stress, lack of sleep, and pollution. 40 bucks for four at the Estee Lauder counters. Bliss has one triple oxygen instant energizing mask. Like an energy drink for your eyes. Great for reducing puffiness and everything else. 46 bucks for four at Amazon. They're this is expensive, one I need. expensive, right? No. Do you use these things every day? Like, what's the deal? Like, right. No, I could use them every day, oh. so I get rid of my bags. But oh, Dr. Jart, J-A-R-T plus. Dermisk spot gel. 
jet cheek and eye lift filled with volufiline, an ingredient derived from plant extracts to help lift and tighten. This one's cheap. 12 bucks for two at Sephora. Oh, I love that one. Say, me yeah, too. Yeah, that's it. great. Yep, that oh, one's I'm awesome. Sure <laughs> Look at me. Look at me. Beautiful. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> and last but not least, Shiseido. Benefiance Wrinkle Resist 24 Pure Retinol Eye Mask. One of the few eye masks to contain retinol to deliver a boost of moisture leaving skin. Looking refreshed. Helps prevent wrinkles. 63 bucks for 12 at net a porter. You know, sleep is free. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so yeah, how, how about just getting, getting get a couple? Of, yeah. Ready for the quickies? Yeah. We got a lot. Everybody's having babies these days. Yeah. Everybody. I'm not. Sure are. It's baby time. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson, the hot rock, as I call him, and girlfriend Lauren are expecting another baby rock, and it's going to be a girl. This is their second child. Oh. And his, John, third, his third girl. His yeah, he, you know what he said? He goes, because my son actually is having his third child, and they just found out it's a girl. Aww. They never found out with the other two. Oh, they did this But this time? one they found out. So it's th- they found out they're going to have three girls. And um, I called my son. I was like, dude, The Rock has three girls. And he's like, yeah. I said, but you know what, what his secret was? And he goes, what's that, Ma? I go, he has a male dog. Oh, my cool. dog's a female. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, sucks to be you, right? Surrounded by estrogen. I love it. You know what else is cool about him? His, him he and his ex-wife still run business together. And they're yeah. very close. They're very, yeah, they're it's on very cool. terms. Because sometimes it just runs its course and you can still be friends, right? Okay. Now, John Stamos, the I never thought we'd get married again. John Stamos and fiance Caitlin McHugh are expecting their first child. Aww. They are engaged. I don't feel so bad being an old married. dad. Nah. Yeah, there you go. He's yeah, he's 53 or something, right? How 54. I don't know. He I still looks good, though. Oh, today. boy. <laughs> <laughs> I met him when I worked for Howard. He's hot. The Today yeah. Show ratings have skyrocketed since the firing of Matt Lauer. Get this one. Bye, Felicia. Over half a million <laughs> new viewers. Wow. <laughs> skyrocketed. Skyrocketed. Whoa. What does that say about yeah. us, though? Yeah. What does that say? Wow. We hated Matt Lauer. <laughs> now we're sight- now we want to watch. Oh, a lot of people <laughs> thought he was arrogant. Wow. Okay, Taylor Swift joins fellow silencers on the cover Mm -hmm. of Time Magazine's 2017 Persons of the Year. I thought that was telling. And Alec Baldwin, maybe the next Oprah or Ellen, he's (laughs) rumored to be getting his own talk show. You know, I like Alec. He'd be great. You know what? He'd be great. I don't agree with a lot of things he does, but his SNL stuff... He's just <laughs> hilarious. I mean, he is just one of the funniest and best actors. You know what I think about him? And he actually, has that game show. Remember, game he's show really that real. Was hosted by. Yeah, he um, um, he puts it out Gino. there as real. He's from does. the uh, he's from the area. He's yeah, from Long Island. Yeah, he's right? from yeah. 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 He's New York all the way, and that would be a funny show. Okay, the SAG nominees are out. Go to refinery29.com for the full list. Again, I just wanted to point out that most actors yeah. and actresses and the shows nominated are from streaming media and paid programming such as HBO, Showtime, Netflix, Amazon Fire Stick, Roku, Hulu, and others. The only show that I found, and I could be wrong, but that I found so far that was nominated from broadcast TV is This Is Us, which but is a great show. It's right. fantastic. My, my brother just told me I have to watch my you brother. Do. You do. No, you, you have do. to. Watch Actually, this. I never watched it till Lisa's. Like you, everybody you kept saying, to. "You gotta watch it. You gotta watch it." It is just. And Lisa made me watch a couple cop, a couple yeah. episodes. Yeah, so phenomenal very actors. And one great other thing. writing. Uh, Stranger Things 2 I just finished the second season what I've a never great seen show. that I've heard that's great is it's that on Netflix great. what's that on Netflix, Netflix. Yeah. Okay. fantastic so, so well done the world has changed streaming media here we go and last but not least little 
country star Kelsey Ballerina, who had that song Dibs, married Ballerini. Nashville artist Ballerini. Morgan Evans and called Dibs on her wedding gown and other outfits. She found it on Instagram. <laughs> she literally found her wedding gown on Instagram. And after saying I do, they sealed the deal with a tequila toast. She is my kind of gal. Here we go. Yeehaw. So there you have it, everybody. And Mother's Mail is brought to you by storyblocks.com forward slash OTM. Get thousands of images, videos, and tracks for only $149 for a full year of unlimited access. And it expires the end of this month, people, at the end of December. So storyblocks.com forward slash OTM. And do it. Go there. They're great. You'll love it. And when we get back, we have Tough Mother Gail with the mail. mail. The One Tough Mother Podcast. Real talk with amazing women who have worked their way to the top and want to share their real life lessons with you. And we're back and we got Tough Mother Gail and she's got mail. Do it, Gail. First one is for broke and broken. All right. Dear One Tough Mother, almost six years ago, I lent my newly married son and his wife over $24,000 so they could put down a down payment on a house. I sent them a check because they live in another state, and I explained to them on the phone that they could pay me back when they were financially stable and able with no interest. Well, nine months ago, I was laid off, and finding a job in my field or any field has been a real struggle. So I'm quickly burning through my small savings, and they need the money now. And I need the money now, excuse me. So I call them to ask my son if he could please pay me back. There was an uncomfortable silence on the other end of the phone, and he changed the subject. On a quick side note, they're both doing well professionally and have told me in past conversations that they've pulled in close to $210,000 a year combined. Well, since the phone conversation in which I asked them to repay me, I have not heard a single word from either one of them. I've tried to call them both several times. I've left messages asking them to please call me, and I've texted them. I haven't gotten a call or a text back. Needless to say, I'm upset and worried. How do I get my money back? Wow, this is your son? That's disgusting. Your son and your daughter-in-law, you lent them the money, and they're not even going to answer the phone? I mean, what, you just have to do some kind of legal... Yeah, get a lawyer. Yeah, because... But here's the deal. She has the check. I mean, how do you prove it's not a gift? I was just going to say, how are you going to prove it's not a gift? Because are they going to say, oh, you you gave it to us as a gift. We're buying a house. But you started off the right way. This is your son. Right. He should be ashamed of himself. You know, you probably... you literally took the shirt off your back and gave it to him and his wife to get a house, and they don't have the decency to at least return the phone call? It's obviously a horrible thing. We just, we have to figure out how do you get the money so, back. Yeah. It's, already, it's so clearly a terrible thing. I mean, he's laid off. They're laid off. Yeah. I mean. They have a dual income. It doesn't sound like they have kids. Two hundred and ten grand a year? Are you kidding me? That's a lot of money. I mean, even if they if they say to her they can pay her back in installments. Yeah. Make an effort. Make a thousand dollars a month. Anything would be to to sort of backfill what you're doing. I mean, not address it. Okay. Say say she's what? In her late 40s, mid or early 50s? Yeah. Okay. Say. And she can't find it. Obviously, I don't know if it's a he or she actually, but they can't find another job, or they're having a very difficult time finding a job. Hello, how are you not helping your mom? She, I, I got the answer. I just thought of it. Mm. Pack your bags, get on a flight, show up at the house. I'm moving in. Right. I helped buy this thing. 
Yep. Um, you know, you want to pay me back? I like that. I'm moving in. Wow, Seth, that's brilliant. That would be great if it was real, but reality (laughs) is you're so hurt you don't even want to face your kid at the point. How do you make them take you in once you open the door? Yeah. The thing is, you You say, "I'll look over there," and he's running the house. (laughs) (laughs) That's Seth. He's such a quick thinker, boy. (laughs) Well, no, I think the the the, the truth is you cannot make them do anything, and even if you. Well, she has a check. If she can prove that it was a loan, maybe if she wrote on the check "loan for house," even I think that would be enough. But even if she takes them to court. It's a long, it's a lengthy process, and even if she wins in court, actually coming through and getting them to give her the twenty four thousand is. I mean, do you have other children? Do you have other children that maybe can, can step in and to speak him. to yeah. him? Or other members of the family? Other mem- members yeah. of the family, since you're not getting a response, maybe another member of the family can intervene because maybe they have something that they're afraid to tell you. And Gail made a great point. Taking them to court, remember, I've been to many, many court cases, and here's the deal. The people will be like, oh, you won, you won. Yeah, I won to pay my attorney. Exactly. Right. Okay. You get, a, you get a judgment that you can't that can't be enforced because they, maybe they, hide, they don't have the money. That maybe they, Even if they're making that, we don't know what their living expenses are or what they, how they're living anyway. It's not that they have it saved. So I would see if you have either a, a family friend or another, a, or mutual a mutual family member. member right. yeah. that can go and, and, Why is it every week you read this mail and I want to slap somebody? Someone, every week <laughs> someone needs to get slapped. I don't know. I don't know. It's something, in, it's something in the water. It's incredibly sweet. No. No, thank you for writing, though. Please continue to write us at yeah, onetoughmother.com. You know, you're just living in that time. Uh, that, that's, that's people. It's a horrible right? that's, situation that's to be folks. in. That's folks. But yeah, see if you can have another person come in and help you. Cindy Lauper said, money changes everything. It oh. does. All right. Seth wants to slap somebody. <laughs> Always. Are you tell me these people don't need a slap? Come on. Yeah. I'm with you. Upside honest. the head. Boom. I know. It's not PC. Jersey I'm style. sorry. No, I say Jersey style. How about this? It's a metaphorical slap. No. Yeah. Okay? No, it's a slap no. upside the head. Some of them yeah. actually really do need a good beat down. Gail's yeah. <laughs> getting Brooklyn on yeah. I love it. There we go. Street. There we go. Street. Taking it off. Taking it off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The next one is from Sad. All right, here we go. Dear Tough Mother, I'm a single mother of two boys, aged 13 and 14. I work as a waitress and occasionally clean houses with my cousin's company when they have extra work. I have very little money for Christmas gifts, and every year I go into debt to give the boys a gift they really want. But the older the boys get, the more expensive the gifts get, and what they want again this year requires an additional money monthly. Both of my boys want a cell phone. Mother, M-U-T-H-E-R, I just don't have a consistent income at this point to add another monthly bill because my pay relies on tips. Their request is understandable because I'm sure that they're the only kids in their group of friends who don't own a phone. I'm constantly worried because they really should have a way to contact me if if they need me. I'm ashamed to say I've told them to use a friend's phone to call me and have occasionally called their friend's phone to get a message to them. What should I do? Please help. This is a tough one because mm. all kids nowadays have mm-hmm. a cell phone. And there are reasons that they should have a sure. cell phone. I mean, safety reasons. The only thing I could think of when Gail was saying that, and um, I've been there. I've been the waitress with four little kids and not been able to pay for things that they wanted for Christmas. But how there's something called like a track phone. I was just yeah, going to say. Thinking, yeah. Right? 
Yeah. You, it's not monthly. See, I don't know the Walmart. deal. Is it monthly? So Walmart, yeah, they're prepaid phones. Yeah, they're prepaid phones. And they're a flip phone, so it's not a smartphone. Right, it's these not kids like probably the want an iPhone. They probably want a Galaxy. Well, but they, they could at least have yeah. some form of communication. Karen's exactly right. Yeah. Track is that, but do you pay for monthly for a track phone? No, I'm not you sure can how it works. load it. You can load it. It's basically a prepaid no, phone. Track phone, I think you do pay something like nine ninety nine. Oh, really? But... There are, there prepaid, are prepaid cell phones, phones where you get a you, card, you, you put load, enough you load minutes it. on it. Yeah. I guess the answer is like l- exhaust all your options, see you know, right. see everything out there. Right. There might be something that's affordable that's for affordable, you. That's affordable, yeah. And, and actually, for some reason in my mind, and I, I don't know where you'd find this, but maybe you can look for it on the internet or ask a friend to look it up for you. At one point, they were collecting used cell phones to give them to people that needed to have a way to communicate Absolutely. or help. So maybe there's something like that in your area. Look it up. I don't know. Program for free cell phone. I don't know. This must be some single mother assistance programs. I mean. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. what my thoughts. And if there's not, there really, really should be. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because yeah, with the be. world in the state it is now, and it has always been, it's just more noticeable now that everybody should be safe and they yeah. should have a cell phone these kids and i mean hopefully if you t- if you explain to your boys that you know you're doing the best you can and it's going to get better because it will um and you do you know you get them what you can it doesn't necessarily have to be a monthly gift but you a monthly recurring bill but maybe like seth said or lisa there they are this they're getting to the age where maybe they can have summer jobs and save some money absolutely 13 absolutely. And 14 right yep that's even better i worked at 14 yeah. Oh, I did too. Me Absolutely. Too. I worked at a bowling alley at 12. So, yeah. I worked at the pins back up. Making twists. That's really funny. Making buns. They had automatic pins. <laughs> I was a telemarketer. Did they back then? Yes, they actually did. What said. did they have back then, Karen? Automatic <laughs> pin loaders. Oh. But, but when a pin oh, went down and got stuck, we had to go back and unjam it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was a telemarketer. Yes. Me. Oh, go figure. <laughs> you, s- you singing to the people? No, I had to recruit people to get it, sign up for a visa card. <laughs> you want a visa card? <laughs> I want a visa card. I got a visa card. Oh, my God. We're there. We're, I hate you, Seth. Oh, You're a pin setter. I hate you. You're making me sing. <laughs> okay, are we gonna, are we, are we Dig us out of this one. <laughs> I, I'm going to do my best, but I don't know. Well, I don't know. This oh, ha- empty. This is from empty. Mm. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> It's okay, Gail. Oh, dear one tough mother, have you ever felt like you're empty? I mean, even in a room full of people, I feel alone and empty inside. I try always to wear a smile, and I'm nice to everyone. So you'd think I'm happy, but I'm not. All of my friends have boyfriends that they talk about all the time, and they are so happy, but not me. I'm just empty. I don't even try to have a boyfriend because... It doesn't matter to me. I'd still feel empty and alone. How do I get happy? Okay. This hits me because my friend Holly probably felt this way and she didn't really talk to people and let them know. You need to talk to someone. If this is how you're feeling, you need to talk to someone. Because life is whatever it is you're feeling. It's a temporary situation. One truth about life the one truth about it is that everything changes it always goes on so when you're feeling like this the life has no other place to go but up right and when you're up it's got another place to go and it usually will go down but it's always changing so please 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 go and speak to someone go to if you've got your parents or a good friend or a counselor or call a hotline and mm-hmm. begin to dig yourself out because 
it empty is a place that means that you have room to fill it. Absolutely. I, I don't know how old this person is, but there are in most a lot of towns now they have texting where you can actually text. There's volunteers. One of my friends actually does it. So you can text how you're feeling to somebody if you don't actually want to pick up the phone. But Gail said it so eloquently, and we both lost, Gail and I both lost people this year to suicide, and we don't want that to ever happen to anybody because there's no reason for it. There's always somebody out there that can help. There's always somebody there to listen, and also you have to remember um, other people are not going to make you happy. There's something inside you right, right. now that is confused or missing or, mis or miswired for just this moment, and you need to speak to someone because you can't expect you know, other people on the outside to make you happy. Happiness comes from within. Absolutely. It's within yourself. And if you're feeling empty and alone, then, then you're having a, a crisis point yourself and you need to speak to someone to straighten that out and, and get out what's, what's going on in your head or what's not going on in your head. So I was there. I, I was there. I've had moments in my life where I felt empty, alone and naked in rooms of people which is a surprise because most people who know me think I'm really gregarious and I would never be that person. Right. And I never thought I would be that person. But you know what? I persevered. And day by day, I talked to people. I found a therapist. There's nothing, as we have a wonderful person on the show who's a therapist here, and that's her job or it's her calling to help people like you and like me who've been depressed or have anxiety. Because, like I said, tomorrow is another day and it does get better and you are not alone right you are right. not alone you remember what carrie washington said we did a whole segment about a month and a half ago on this carrie washington said i go to a dentist for my teeth i go to a doctor for my checkups for my physicals why wouldn't i go to a therapist for the most important thing my brain right exactly. carrie washington from scandal right said so that. yeah reach out reach out, look, reach out. I would, and if you're if you are intimidated by it, go online and there are plenty of places who will see you on a sliding scale or who will see you for free mm -hmm. and tell them what's going on and ask for a cognitive behavior behavioralist therapist because cognitive therapy will give you coping skills so you have thought talk therapy and coping skills and ways in which to unpack your stuff and put it back inside of you in a way that makes sense right okay absolutely so right we need you we definitely need we need you, you empty because you're going to get full okay Okay, so that that was great. And uh, again, if you want to write to One Tough Mother, you go to onetoughmother.com. You'll find a um, form there that you can write us a letter. We can either help you online or we can help you on the show. And we'd love to help you on the show because these letters and these questions help a lot, a lot of people. They do. They really do. Okay, and Lisa? Yes. Now, Mother Says... Brought to you by, again, our friends at storyblocks.com. Get thousands of images, videos, and tracks for only people $149 for a full year of unlimited access. I can't stress this enough how great this is. I love for it. For all you people that have you websites it at work, and you Gail. do anything oh, with yeah, images, videos, fantastic. or content. Okay, yes. All Everybody here uses it. So again, but make sure you put storyblocks.com forward slash OTM to get the offer that expires December 31st. Yep. Do it now, guys. Do it now. And Mother Says is actually for Tough Mother Gail and Tough Mother Lisa. It's Breathe, Darling. This is just a chapter. It's not your whole story. That's right. So we love you. We'll see you next week. Hey, and Seth, what do we say? Bye, Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.